just a moment, Brother Moon's going to come and preach for us. There's no need for an introduction there, I don't believe. We're certainly thrilled to have him with us, and God's been good to lend him to us this, this uh, few days, and he's going to preach again for us after our ladies get done singing.
Thank you so much. That was good. I appreciate all the uh, good music, and I appreciate you being here tonight. Good to see a good crowd here tonight, and you came back. I do wonder why I've got this. Brother Josh, can you come up here a minute? Come here a second, if you would. This was in my notes, and I'm going to give it to you. It might be more handy to you than me. <laughs> now I'm going to pass on it. Champion of Love, that's the title of it, so there you go. You got to know that's Gonzo doing that, bless his heart. If he had, any, if he had a brain, it'd be dangerous. So, <laughs> Anyway, bless his heart. When he was born, the doctor slapped his mother instead of him. I said, God help you, how could you bring this into the world? But that's the way things go sometimes. Anyway, it is great to see you here tonight. I'm honored to be here, and I'm honored to see you, and thank you so much for the opportunity and the privilege to preach to you. And uh, your response has just been tremendous. And uh, I tell you, God's just doing some good things. And I'm so grateful for what he's done for me. I, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Titus. Brother Keith and I went out to supper tonight. I tried to straighten him out, but we all know that's a lost cause. I don't know what I was thinking. You can't, but anyway. Bless his, his wife's been married to him 20 years. And she hadn't even made a dent. What am I going to do in an hour, you know? If I'd have brought a jackhammer with me, I wouldn't have done any good. So anyway, but God's still on the throne, and we'll keep praying for him. A miracle could happen. <laughs> I believe this, too. Wherever you end up in life, Brother Keith, that's where you'll be. Don't forget that. It's definitely the truth. That didn't go very far. It didn't cost anything. So. <laughs> oh, let me see if I can find my notes. I'm going to preach off of two, three, but five cards tonight. And that's it. Plus these four sheets of paper. <laughs> oh, man. You know, uh, I have the privilege of visiting a lot of hospitals. Of, uh, I've been so many times now from Shawnee that uh, at Jewish Hospital, which is a large hospital in Louisville, I, I go in there and the guys, one of the guys down at the front, of recognizing me, how you doing? You know, I walk up and he goes, "Who do you need? Who are you going to see today? Do I need to look someone up for you." I mean, he, he just knows who I am. And uh, but I get the opportunity to go, and there's a lot of hospitals I visit: Clark Memorial, I visit Floyd Memorial, I visit uh, uh, Norton's Brownsboro, I visit Norton's downtown, I visit Norton's suburban, I visit Baptist East, I visit Audubon, Norton's Audubon, I visit St. Mary and Elizabeth. Uh, I visit uh, Jewish, I mentioned a few minutes ago. I visit UofL, and somewhere in there, I think there's another hospital or two. But uh, so when you visit a lot like that, you begin to notice people that are not healthy. And there's a lot of people that's not healthy. Some of them are unhealthy because of the fact that they have allowed themselves to get caught up in too many vices like alcohol, liquor, tobacco, drugs, and those kind of things. Some people are unhealthy because they don't eat very healthy and uh, they don't watch what they're eating very often and so they get in a lot of health issues that way. Some people have health issues they just can't help. It just happens. It's, it's, it's genetic or they've been exposed to something and they're very unhealthy. You know, when you see people with like COPD or, or you know, some of those things, they can barely breathe and, and uh, you go in and see people sick. I, the other day I went in and I went to one, and by the way, I go into a lot of them where I have to put on the gown and the mask and the gloves and 
before I go in. Many people I go see many times I have to do that. And uh, so you can be careful what you touch and so forth. And so a lot of people are unhealthy. And, and you feel for those people it's unhealthy. If you go to the hospital, your heart, your heart goes out to them because they're living an unhealthy life. And sometimes they don't mean it. They wish they didn't. Or they made a mistake in the past. It's now catching up with them. Uh, whatever the case would be. And so it's very tough when someone's unhealthy. I was out visiting with a guy that goes to Shawnee uh, a week, a little over a week ago, and uh, he and I were out, and uh, actually it's week before Easter. He and I were out, and uh, he was telling me all the, he's, very, he's, not, he's not well, he's got a lot of sickness problems, and I said, well, and he's talking about what he takes, medicine. And I said, well, what do you take? And he named a bunch of medicine, and I said, I'm thinking, the guy's 26 years old. I'm thinking, I said, well, what do you take all these for? And he started, I take this one for this, and this one for this, and this one for this. And he said, and I take this one for AIDS, and I take, I mean, for uh, HIV, and I take this one for that. And I went, so you have HIV virus? And he said, yeah, I do. And I said, when did you find that out? And he said, well, I went to uh, sell some plasma, and they sent me, and I got a registered letter in the mail that said, you cannot give mail, you cannot give, ever sell your plasma because uh, you have the HIV virus in your blood. He was into drugs and liquor and a lot of other things prior to getting saved and wrecked his physical health, just wrecked his health with all the stuff. And you feel for a guy like that because you know that he doesn't want that to be that way. He really wishes he had no health issues. But you know what? He's at the point now where there's not a whole lot he can do about it. And when you see someone also that's uh, unhealthy, uh, you, you and they didn't create it themselves. It just it was just it was their lot in life, so to speak. It was God's will for them to just be unhealthy. It's tough, and uh, and, I, and I can't as you get older, but I can't do the things I used to do that guys my age can do because of a heart issue I have. And I know what some of you are thinking. Yeah, his heart's black. Well, that's probably true too, but that's not exactly what it is either. It's because of uh, having a major heart attack, and I can't ever shovel snow. It's tough when I go to church and we have snow and. The rest of all the staff are out there shoveling the stone. I walk by and wave at them. And it really hurts me deep inside. <laughs> no, really, it bothers me. Because I know they're out. Brother Moon, we're out shoveling snow for hours. And he's sitting in an office over there going to visit the hospital. Bless his little heart. You know? Uh, but uh, I can't do it. That's just one of the things I cannot do. I can't shovel snow. And there's several other things I can't do that I used to could do and used to do. And it uh, makes it tough. Uh, when you want to do it and it needs to be done, uh, you feel, in my case, I feel bad when I can't do it. I try to stay away from the guys that are doing it, seriously, because I feel guilty that I'm not helping them. Honestly, I do. I feel guilty. But I can't. My health won't let me do that. And it's just the way it is. It's life. And uh, I didn't mean to have a heart attack, but I had one. I guess I should have eaten better when I was young. But whatever the case would be, it is what it is. But, you know, <clears throat> you think about that and think, well, it's the way life is. But there's a lot of people that that's not, they don't have the health issues necessarily, phys, uh, physical health issues. What they have is spiritual health issues. And uh, that's worse because you really don't detect the spiritual health issues as quickly as you do the physical health issues. You just don't detect them as quickly. My, uh, my youngest son had an uh, ingrown hair on his back. And he tried to get it out and mess with it. And next thing you know, it's a big old, a few days later, it's a big old hard knot. He goes to the doctor and they lance it. And then he ends up in the hospital, he ends up at home and then he ends up in the hospital 
on medication in the hospital several days. And then he gets out and, and he gets, uh, uh, what's that called when you nurses or somebody's in the medical field, when all your good antibiotics in your body are gone and you get, uh, not MRSA, he, I'm, he may have had that too, but that's not what I'm talking about. C. diff. He got C. diff. And end up almost back in the hospital again. And I've already had one son that got C. diff like that and got, was in the hospital for the C. diff. And so, you know, those things you see. And sometimes they come on a little slow, but usually you see them coming. But you don't see it when it's healthy, when it's spiritual sometimes. For example, people can come and sit in a service like this every night this week and have an unhealthy spirit, but you don't even see it. They smile when they're supposed to smile. They say amen when they're supposed to say amen. They, uh, they uh, say praise the Lord when they're supposed to say praise the Lord because it's, it's a habit they're into. So they just go ahead and go into, uh, 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 you know, just in the, in the uh, uh, you know, autopilot, so to speak, and just automatically do it and it happens. But deep down inside, they're not healthy spiritually. Now, eventually, it catches up with them. And eventually, you find out when they're unhealthy, it eventually comes to the front. And I dare say, since I was here a year ago, there are people who do not come to this church anymore who was in this church a year ago, but they don't come anymore. And the problem was they had, an, they had a problem with their spiritual health, and they did not address it, did not deal with it. And therefore, today, they're probably not even in church. Or they come sporadically, you know, or occasionally they'll come. Or they've totally quit church and don't even want to come back anymore. And it happens all over the place. It's because you don't always see the health issue, the spiritual health issue, like you do the physical health issue. In Titus chapter number 1, and we're going to look at several parts of Titus 1 and 2, but I'm just going to read, so if you'd stand with me just a moment, if you're physically able, if you're not, just remain seated. But out of respect and honor for God's Word, verses 1 of chapter 1 through verse 5, and then we'll... Set lay the foundation for that and then cover much more of the chapter and chapter 2 likewise. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and acknowledging of the truth which is after Godness and the hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. God which cannot lie. Now that cannot lie. Promise before the world began. When he promises, he keeps his promises. Amen. Verse 3, But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching which is committed to me, Paul says, according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, mine own son after the common faith, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. What a name, Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. That's a wonderful name. You ought to study the names of Jesus and see what Lord means, what Jesus means, what Christ means, and what Savior means. It, it, it'll, it'll crank your motor, I guarantee you. All right, verse 5. For this cause left I thee in Crete. Why? that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have ordained thee. Now I want you to notice the term set in order. The word set in order is a medical term. I, uh, I, I, I should have had him do it, but I might have made someone sick. I got in my phone, I got a picture of uh, my... Uh, uh, well, let me pray and then I'll share it with you. Father, help us tonight. We need you. God, we need you. Father, do a work. Holy Spirit of God, meet with us. Go up and down the aisles and stir our hearts. God, stir my heart. Lord, I pray you'd forgive me, cleanse me, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Lord, may I speak the words you want and you want only and take away the ones you don't want. And Father, I pray you will be done. 
Jesus, thank you for this church, this preacher, these people. Bless them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. I got a picture here of my second grandson, second oldest, and uh, a little over a year, year and a half, uh, let's see, but, but I guess it's been two years ago now. He, uh, he was wrestling, and he, the guy threw him over in practice, actually. And uh, he, uh, when he did, he kind of messed up his arm a little bit. And uh, I got a picture here. If I can find it. Wait, that's not it. Uh, no, that's not it. There it is, right there. And, uh, Preacher, I'll let you look at it. All right. You like stuff like this? Look here. Oh, man. <laughs> it it, it kind of made an S, didn't it? And that, like, like that S? kind of made an S in his arm. And uh, they took, had to take him to emergency room. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and some of you, that, that kind of stuff bothers them. Does that bother y'all? Does it bother y'all? He don't bother you. Kind of made a, kind of made his arm. His arm kind of little s there in it, and uh, did a, did a good job there. And you know, we we moons, if we do it, we do it right. You know, you, no sense in messing around. If you're gonna do it, do it right. He's full, he's full blooded moon, and uh, so uh, he's like my boys, where they they did stuff like that all the time. I, they, I thought they was gonna name one of those ready med places after us, the Moon Ready Med Clinic, because we own stock in it. We had to because we sure put a lot of money into it over the years. But uh, he broke his arm there, and they had to go, and what they had to do is they had to give him a shot to, and deaden him. Real, and by, by the way, he didn't cry. He didn't do anything. He was just, he was just I, I don't know. But then when they started to straighten it all at once, I think the pain came in. And they gave him a shot and had to put him, and they, they straightened that thing. They had to straighten it. He couldn't grow back like that. They had to straighten it out. They had to set it in order. The word set in order means to straighten. Something needs to be straightened. It's talking about medically. It's a medical term means to straighten. And in this passage, he uses this term and he says, Now, Titus, I have put you in Crete. I want you to stay there. And the purpose is, here's what he said. He gives a purpose. I have left thee... Uh, uh, for this cause, left I the increase that thou shouldest set in order, straighten out, using a medical term, the things that are wanting. There are some things that are needed. There's some want there. There's some things that need to be taken care of in Crete, and I want you to take care of them. Now, if you would, look down. I'm going to skip. He talks about the, the elders, appointing elders, and he gave their uh, 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 qualifications. Now, I'm not going to read those tonight, uh, but look at verse number 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able to buy, notice what's the next two words, by what? Sound doctrine. Uh, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. And then he talks about some of those people that were in Crete. And then in verse 13, this witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be what? Sound in faith. In the faith. Sound in the faith. Then if you look, he says in verse number, uh, uh, well, let's go to verse number um, 2, uh, chapter 2, rather, verse number 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Now, uh, verse number 8, sound speech. In the word sound there is the word to mean to be healthy. That's what it means. It means to be healthy. He said, I want them to have, be healthy. 
set in order, using a medical term, set in order that which is needful, that which is wanting. And he said, I want you to make that, make sure it's healthy, sound doctrine. He mentions that a couple times in sound speech and so on. So he said, this is what I want you to do while you're in Crete. That's what I left you there for. There's some needs that are there, and I want you to notice them. He said, there's some spiritual health issues that need to be addressed in this church that's at Crete. And I've left you there to address these spiritual health issues. There's some unhealthy spirits there, spiritual people, that their spirit is unhealthy, and I want you to straighten it out. I want you to fix it. I want you to figure out how to minister to them and get the spiritual help they need so that they'll be healthy spiritually and not not unhealthy spiritually. And tonight, I want to speak on this simple truth. Are we healthy or are we wanting? Notice again what he says. Set in order that which is, are, which are things that are wanting. There were some folks that needed some spiritual help. And he said, are you healthy? Here's what I'm saying to you tonight. Or are you wanting? Or I could term it, are you unhealthy spiritually? Maybe you don't know whether you are or not. And maybe tonight, as we go through this, you'll be able to examine your own life Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, and your heart only, not everybody else, just speak to yours. By the way, if we would just take care of number one, we really wouldn't have near as many problems as we have. Look, if, you had, if everybody in this room was sincere and said, Dear God, speak to my heart. If I, my heart has an unhealthy, if there's something unhealthy about me spiritually, just take care of it. Show me what it is. Expose it to me. Show me what it is and help me have the courage and the character and the discipline to deal with it immediately and take care of it. And if I need to go home and deal with it, let me go home and deal with it. If I need to deal with it right here, let me deal with it right here. But give me the courage to do that and the character to do it. Again, the word sound means healthy. If I go into the hospital, I get a, I, I get, I get put on a healthy heart diet. And I'm telling you, that is not a good diet to be on. I mean, they, they only, you, you can't even have salt. I, I'm not a big salt eater, okay? Uh, I've eaten at your house. And I put, I, I put your wife said, you want salt? I, she handed me salt and pepper. I put pepper on it, on the potatoes. I didn't put any salt. First of all, if I was going to put salt, I'd taste them first. I wouldn't be like somebody else in this room just go ahead and pour it on there. You know what I mean, Brad? I would at least taste them and find out if it needed salt. But I'm, I don't like salty food necessarily. I'm not a big salty person. So when I go, but when I go there, they give you that stuff. It's substitute salt. I had pneumonia a year and a, a couple of years ago, and they put me on a health heart. And the first day that salt was that substitute was like okay. The second day it was like, yeah. by the third day it was like, oh, this stuff is wrong, uh, raunchy. By the fourth day it was like, I think I'm gonna throw up if I put that stuff on my food. I'll eat it with no salt. Listen to me. They put me on a healthy heart diet for a reason. They're trying to help my, me get healthy, as healthy as I can spiritually. When we come to church, sometimes the preacher, whoever it may be, whomever it may be, you grammar teachers, right? Whomever, whoever. It doesn't matter. I'm not in college anymore. That, that, that person that's doing the preaching, he may be saying, you know what? I need to put you on a healthy spiritual heart diet. And you go, but I don't want that, like I say. But you know, it's not always what I want. It's what's best for me. Yeah. It's what's wanting in my life. 
But we say, hold on a minute, I don't really want to take that medicine. When I was a kid, when you got sick, there's one thing you always took. What? Absolutely. Lord help us. Where did they come up with castor oil at? It was a cure-all for everything. I believe if you had any kind of disease, just give them castor oil. How many of you here had to take castor oil when you was young? How many of you thought it was the craziest thing in the world? You didn't have a choice, did you? Mama said, take this castor oil. And I'm like, why? Because it'll get you well. I don't know if it got me well or not, but I got well anyway. If, it, if I had to take that, I just almost got well. Well, I faked it. That stuff was raunchy. Was anybody in here that liked it? How many of you like me hated it? Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know. You know what? It worked. It worked. I don't always like what I have to take. But if I'm going to be healthy, I've got to take it. I don't always like what I have to take spiritually. But I want to be healthy spiritually. And in this passage, he gives us some... He, he really does. He lays out. First, he starts out and he gives us some, he gives us some admonitions about it. Uh, about setting Titus, setting this in order. And he starts out with one we've already read in verse number 9 when he said... Holding fast the faithful word is spoken, has been taught that you may be able by sound doctrine, both exhort and convince the gainsayers. That word doctrine means teaching or instruction. He said, I want you to have healthy teaching. I want you to have healthy instruction. I want you to get yourself under sound doctrine. Under sound doctrine. I remember when I was a boy, uh, they, if somebody was going to sell a horse, the guy would come, was going to buy it, and he'd start examining it. And he'd fill up its legs, look at its hoofs and so forth, look at his teeth and so forth, see how old he was and etc. But he would fill around on his legs stuff. And I was like, what's they doing? They go, well, we'll make sure he's sound. Well, I can't hear it. Oh, you hearing? No, 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 not, not, not hearing. Make sure it's a healthy horse. Make sure he's a sound horse. There's no problems. He didn't have a lame leg. He didn't have a problem with his hoofs. He didn't have, uh, you know, he didn't have a problem with his teeth or something. And so I want to make sure he's a healthy horse before I buy him. God says, I want you to have healthy doctrine, healthy teaching, healthy instruction. Sometimes we don't like healthy instruction. Well, I don't care what the preacher said. I'll have you to know. I don't need to know. What we need to do is listen to what the healthy preaching is. Do you know, I don't always like what Brother Dave preaches, but when I don't like it, it's usually because, here's why, it's usually because it rubs me the wrong way because I've got sin in my life. And then what I say is, dear God, why is it I don't like this? And God, His Spirit says this to me, not verbally, but in my mind, because you're not doing what He said you ought to be doing, that's why. And so I, when he gives invitation, I get up out of my seat, and I usually work the aisles, but first before I do that, I make my way around. I sit over here, and I make my way around behind him, and go over here, and I get in the altar over here, and I pray. And I say, dear God, forgive me of that and help me to correct this problem I've got. You see, what we need to do is realize that that healthy teaching, that healthy instruction is for our benefit. I'm talking about what we believe. What we, we need to have what we what we need to know what we believe and make sure it's healthy, it's sound. Look, let me tell you what, here's why some people get caught up with false teachers. Because they haven't had, they haven't listened and obeyed healthy teaching, healthy instruction. And if you, look, if you don't know what you believe, you're allowed to fall for anything. 
These folks on TV are preying on some of you older folks. Uh, give us. Uh, you know, I, I turned the TV on here at night and it was seed money. Give a thousand dollars, you'll get this many back. Yeah, as long as you give it to their ministry, obviously. And we all know that's a bunch of garbage. Amen. That is not biblical. It's man-made trying to get you. Now, giving it shall be given. I agree. And I agree with them partially for the fact that the more you give, the better off. But look, they'll say, take your, this money and give. And they'll take little widows that are on a, on a, uh, 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 on a budget that income and try to milk them dry if they can. Just keep giving, honey. Just keep giving. God will take, just keep giving. But what she needs to do is go to her local church and put her tithing offering in her local church. Look, you got, l- listen to me. Listen to me. I mean this. You got money in your pocket to give your tithing offering. Do not put it in the offering plate tonight. Or that's already passed in, or tomorrow night. I don't want your tithing offering. Your tithing offering goes right here. If you don't have any extra money, praise God. I'll be eating, don't worry. And the truth is, if I can get just enough to get gas money to get home, I'm all right. In fact, I think I got enough gas money to get home. Wait a minute. <laughs> but don't tell preacher. <laughs> That's not healthy doctrine. <laughs> Listen, look. I don't, I'm so fed up with these people who, who are working, our church members, that, and trying to get them to take their tithe money and everything else and send it to one of those ministries so they can drive luxurious cars and live in, in mansions and, and live off the fat of the land and say, look, God has blessed me. No, you milk those people out of their hard-earned wages. Amen. I'll say it now. I can't give you my electric bill money. It ain't mine. It's the electric bill people's money. If I got a car payment due, I cannot give my car payment in the offering. That car payment money is already designated to them. Now, what we need to do is stay out of debt so you can give. But if you got debt, friend, pay your debt off. Tithe and pay your debt off. Tithe first and then pay your debt. That's a biblical way. But don't take your tithe money and pay your bill with it, nor take your bill money and give it to Faith Promise Mission or something else. You give the money where it belongs. If you'll do that, God will give you extra, and then you can put in Faith Promise. And then you can watch God just, I mean, just run your money over, giving it back to you. And I know that from personal experience, and it's biblical. Whether I experienced it or not doesn't make a hell of any difference. It is biblical. But he says, I want you sounding doctrine and teaching and instruction. Listen to what's being taught on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Listen to what's being taught in your Sunday school classes. Listen to what's being given. Don't turn it off and say, I've heard this already. Look, some of us have been around a long time. We've heard a lot. Look, I've had so many life-changing sermons in my life that I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> I mean, you've been changed many times I have. Who am I? I don't know. I, I, I used to be Ricky Moon. I don't know who I am anymore. But I'd rather be like that than some people who've never even pried their rear end out of a seat to come forward and get on their knees and pour their heart out before God. God help them. I don't know what they're doing because, boy, I have to pry mine out of my seat and do it every, almost every single service. Sad part is, is when I'm preaching, which happens most of the time, and God convicts me while I'm preaching, I say, okay, Lord, if you'll just wait long with me, finish up, I'll get down there and get right. 
I don't know about other preachers because they may not have the problems I do, but I do have those problems. The second thing he says is this. Sound doctrine, number one. What's the first one? Sound doctrine. What is it? Thank you. Verse 13. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in in the faith. Sound in the faith. This is what we practice or how we live. Look at verse 2 of chapter 2. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. Look, folks, it's one thing to know something. It's another thing to live that what that thing you know. And he said, I want you to be sound in doctrine. I want you to be sound in faith, in the faith. You be sound. Be healthy. Have healthy doctrine. Have healthy faith. And i got to hurry to get all this in. So number three, I want you to notice something. That verse 2 already says that the age, age men be sober, gra- grave. The word sober means careful, watchful, circumspect. Now look at this. Verse 4. Now they, that they may teach the young women, talking about the older women, may teach the old women, older women to be discreet, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. That word discreet means to be sound, have a sound mind. Sober means a careful, watchful mind in verse number 4. That they may teach the young women to be sober, careful-minded. Then discreet, sound-minded. You know what he's saying? You need a sound doctrine, sound faith, and a sound mind. Sound faith, sound doctrine, sound mind. You know what? It usually starts in the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 4 and 5, casting down that our weapons of our warfare are not, are, are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The mind. Then he says in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in which also in Christ Jesus. In Philippians, and I'm going to turn to Ephesians, rather, chapter 4. He says this, and I want to read it to you if I may. In Ephesians, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to turn there. Ephesians chapter 4, look what he says. This I say, therefore, verse 17, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over in the lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. Oh, he's talking about the mind. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He said, I want you to have a sound mind. Have a mind, a discreet mind. He said, teach these young women to be discreet, to have a sound mind, to be sober, to have a careful mind. Goes on and says, "Wherefore uh, he says, and that you put off, put on the new man after the God and is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore putting away lying, speak every man the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your uh, your your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. And the truth is, we walk into that because of a lack of control in our mind and what we think about." He said, "Look." Here's the problem. Some people, their mind is like my grandson's arm was before it was set. It's awful crooked. They're not thinking good thoughts. 
And what they need to do is have a spiritual operation where they take that arm at, at mine and straighten it out and then put a cast on it so it holds it straight until it can get better. We call Some of us, we call that RU. Y'all have an RU? But we have RU at Shawnee for people who've got a problem with their mind or got a problem with alcohol or got a problem with drugs or got a problem with lying or whatever, whatever their addiction is. But what we need to do spiritually sometimes is take a head count and say, wait a minute, whoa, 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 something's not right here. You know what's happened? My mind's got crooked. And I need to straighten it out. I need to have a spiritual operation spiritually. That's called revival. Remember that song you used to sing? Revival, uh, 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 let's see. Revival can happen. It really can happen. Here in this place, there's mercy and grace. What about revival can happen? It can't happen unless we're serious about it. It can't happen unless we have some operation done on our mind, operation done on our, and, and get it straightened out. Because a man is straightened out by taking care of his mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And he says in this thing, an admonition is first, the admonition is to have sound, to have a sound, uh, sound doctrine. Then to have teaching, instruction, sound faith. That's what we, what we believe, what we practice, and then, notice this, the sound mind, what we think. And in verse 8 of chapter 2, sound speech, it cannot be condemned, that he that is a contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. You know, one of the biggest things we do is we say things we shouldn't say. He said, you need to set in order. You need to straighten out. You need to get a healthy, healthy speech. You know, we were over in Ephesians chapter 4 just a minute ago, and the Bible says, and boy, this one nobody, we don't like to talk about let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're still in the day of redemption. And I believe when we use unholy speech, when we use words that don't, does not edify, when we let corrupt communication proceed out, we do grieve the Holy Spirit of God. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. And we, we, we stop and we say, yeah, he's talking about bitterness there. And he is. And he's talking about wrath there. And he is and anger. But he also says clamor and he says evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. The evil speaking be put away. And we as Christians go around and we say things we ought not ever say. Gossiping, criticizing, tearing down. And God says, I'm not pleased with that. James chapter 3, God put a whole chapter in the book of James just to talk about the tongue. And he says this, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing they shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect, a mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. And he uses this. He said the, the tongue, according to Wisby, I like his outline on this, the tongue has the power to direct like bits in a horse's mouth, verse 3 and verse 4, like a ship that's turned around by a very small helm. It has, the tongue has the power to direct. It also has the power to destroy. Like the Bible says, and even so the tongue is a little member and boasts its great thing. Behold how great a manner a little tongue kindleth, a fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire world of iniquity. The tongue can destroy. Listen, Dr. Tom Williams told me this. 
evangelist for all these years. He said, I've never seen a church, listen to this, I've never seen a church split or messed up because there was a drunkard that did it. Never. But I've seen a heap of them destroyed because of a gossip. Because of a critic. And most gossip and critics don't even think they're sinning. Well, brother, it's the truth. So it is the truth. And I'm supposed to tell the truth. No, my Bible says you're supposed to cover some things. Oh, yeah, you believe in covering sin? Yeah, I do. I believe some things you need to just shut your mouth and be quiet. I believe when someone has exposed sin in their life and got it right, let's let that be in the area where they got it right and let's don't go tell everybody in the chickens about it. You know why some people won't come back to this church? Because they've sinned and they think people in this church are talking about the fact that they sinned. When really, probably nobody said a thing. But they've gone to church before, that's what happened. And when they walk in the back door, everybody goes, yeah, there's that girl, woman that did this. There's that woman that did that. You know, I read in the Bible where there was a woman who was, had had five husbands and wasn't married to the one he, she was living with. And Jesus said, let him that hath no stone, I have no sin, cast the first stone and everybody left. Well, we just wouldn't let somebody like that in our church. No, but you're not Jesus then, are you? Well, we're hard on somebody that does something like that. And I'm, I, I, okay, go ahead. I'm for you being hard on it. We're hard on the drunkard, and on, the, on the prostitute, and on the, on the whoremonger, whatever term you want to use. Well, what about the gossip and the critic? What about the loose tongue? We just kind of let that go. He said, be sound in speech. Healthy. A lot of us have crooked, like that picture I just showed you a minute ago, some of you. It's, that's, where our, that's where our tongue is. Boy, we just say that over here. We're, and, and you know what's amazing? He says this. He says, it has the power to, to direct. It has the power to destroy, like a fire and like an animal. I like, he says, but the tongue can no man tame. It's unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Whoa. Therefore, we bless we God, <coughs> even our Father, and therewith curse we men, which made us similar to God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. And then he says, you know what? The tongue also has the power to delight, like a fountain. Out of, listen, does the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? No, it doesn't do that. And a fig tree, and then he says this tree, this fig tree can be a blessing. It doesn't bear olive berries, either vine figs. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Here's what he's saying. The tongue is a very powerful piece of equipment in our life. You think about it. If a man can control this, it's like a rudder on a ship controlling, a little bitty rudder controlling the whole, uh, the whole ship on the ocean. But sometimes it's hard to control it. We need healthy tongues, healthy speech. Here's what, here's what he said. He said, Titus, I'm going to leave you in Crete. I, I need, let me give you some admonitions. Number one, I want you to set in order. There's some problems. I want you, there's a medical term. I, I want sound, I want healthy doctrine. That's teaching instruction. I want healthy, not only do I want healthy doctrine, he said, I want you to have healthy, uh, healthy in the faith. And he said, I want you to be healthy in your mind, and I want you to be healthy in your speech. So he gives this. 
And then immediately he goes from that to look at chapter 2 of of Titus. Look at chapter 2, verse number uh, uh, 10. Not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity that they may... What's the next word? Adorn. What is it? Adorn what? Doctrine of God, our saving all things. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation and preserved all men, teaching of denying ungodliness and mortal lust, we should have lived soberly, righteous, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself of peculiar people, zealous of good works, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. First he gave the admonition. Then he said, here's what I want you to do. Then he said, watch this. Now, adorn the doctrine of God. Take those things I gave you and let them work their way through you. And here's what he says. He says, they, the three ways he mentioned adorning the gospel of Christ. Number one, he says, teaching us, denying ungodliness, worldly lust, which is to live, live, live soberly, righteously, live godly in this present world. Live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. You know what he said? He said, I want you to t- look at how you're walking. Walk in the Spirit, the Bible says in Galatians, you not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, watch you walk. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, you walk talks and you talk talks. But you walk talks louder than you talk talks. Some people do a good job of telling you how good they are, but when you see them out in public, it's not the same way they talked about it. That's not adorning the gospel of Christ. That's tearing down the gospel of the the doctrine of God. It's tearing it down, not lifting it up. How we live in front of people, how we walk, determines what people think about us. In fact, I had it written down here somewhere what the word adorn meant. I don't know what I did. It means to make more pleasing, attractive, impressive, to enhance. He said, I want you to make the doctrine of God impressive, attractive, pleasing to people. These folks at Crete, they haven't gotten that yet. How you walk. Number two, adorn, you adorn the, gospel, the, the doctrine of God by how you wait. So what are you talking about? Ooh, he threw this in here and it's exciting. Yeah, I may get excited here and shout or something. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the God, great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, whether you know it or not, He is coming again. Coming again. Coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening and maybe soon. Coming again. Coming again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. What? Jesus is coming again. Come on. Jesus is coming back. You know why I need to adorn the gospel, the doctrine of the gospel? Because Jesus is coming back. And it could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. It could be ten years from now. But I don't know when it is. But I know one thing. I want to be adorning the gospel of God when He does come back in case He comes back in my lifetime. I don't know when it is, but I know this. It's closer than it's ever been. It's getting closer every day. And one of these days we're going to say, well, I don't think he's coming back. And he says, I'll come back a day when you think not. 
It does say that. Boy, most people don't think he's coming. You know how I know? Because of how they live. Let me ask you a question. If you had to face Jesus tonight, is there anything you're doing right now or you've done today or you've done last week that you'd be so totally embarrassed to face him and have to give an account for? Or would you want to make changes? If that's true, then let me tell you when to make the changes. Now. Tonight. Because you don't know when he's coming back. I don't know when he's coming back. It may be tomorrow. It may be morning. It may be noon. It may be evening. And it may be soon. But he's coming again. Isn't it amazing? In all this, he says, Now, Titus, you keep your carcass in Crete. Those folks need you. They need to be set in order. They need some medical help here with their spirit. Some sound doctrine. They need some sound speech. They need some a sound mind. They need sound in the faith. And he said, I want them to be that way so they will adorn the gospel of uh, the, God, the, the, the doctrine of God. Because, you know what? People are watching them and they need to make it attractive so they want what they got. Amen. Look, if you're excited about Jesus, you might get someone else excited. Boy, I hate going to church service where preacher gets up and says something inside and I go, Amen! And it sounds like it. Amen, 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 amen. Just me. And it's echoing off the walls. After, and I'll do it about four or five times and I'm like, you know what? I think everybody's staring at me and wondering why I'm saying amen. It's, fellas, it's okay to say amen. That means preacher, I believe me. That's it. Good. I agree. Go on. I agree. Come on. I agree. Now, if you don't agree, don't say amen. Just sit there like a knot on a log. It's okay to say amen. Ladies, if you want to, I don't give a rip. Take your hanky out and go, well, glory, or, or just shake it. I don't care what you do. I may be a part Baptocostal anyway. I don't know. I know this. This I do know. Say what you want to say. Just go ahead and say it. I don't care because I'm not changing. I know one thing. When I got saved, I got saved. From the sole of my foot to the crown of my head, I got born again. And Jesus didn't just save me. He took me from the miry clay and set my feet on the rock. I'm born again. I'm saved. I got the Holy Spirit of God, which is God Almighty living inside me. I have got everything I need to live for God. And there's no reason me to live like in the, in the, uh, to go down and live in the dregs of sin when I've got something I've got like I've got. And I'm telling you what, when I think about what Jesus did for me and how unworthy I am and what He gave me, I'm going to tell you what, I'm just going to say, well, amen, Lord of God. Well, I don't think I'll do it. Then don't do it. Yeah. Go ahead and be that way. Go, just do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't you dare do it. I wouldn't want you to go against your conscience. But I will tell you this. The Bible does say in the book of Corinthians, how will they know to say amen when they were speaking in unknown tongues? If they can't understand, how will they know how to say amen? Well, if they're going to say amen, they must have been saying amen. So it's okay to say Amen. Biblically. For the critics who think we do it too much. I tell you what, probably the guy that sent him in and praise the God is the one that's doing the praying and begging in private too. And carrying a load sometimes. There's some folks that sit up and say amen and have a good time. You know good and well they're going through some of the hardest times anybody's ever gone through in their life. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. I'm telling you what though. Here's how you adorn the doctrine of God. With how you walk. Walk in the Spirit. 
and how you wait, looking for Jesus. Well, he's coming again. But then I've got to get to the nasty part. The third one is this. Zealous of good works. Eight times in this little three-chapter book, he mentions the word works. <laughs> Guess what? He still wants us to work. You know what the purpose is? He says in chapter the 3, verse 5, not by works of righteousness which you have done, but according to his mercy, saved it. Not for, not for salvation, but for service. That's what it's all about. You see, works, are, there's a purpose. And I'll tell you this too. Not only is that important, look at verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable men. But avoid foolish questions, genealogies, contention, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable in vain. You know what? Good works have a purpose, and they're also, I see the profitability of good works. It's profitable to have good works. Not only that, if you have good works, it's productive. Verse 14. Lars, ours also learn to maintain good works for necessity uses, that they may be be that they be not unfruitful. God says, I want you to be fruitful. Notice it says, let ours also learn to maintain good work. What's he saying? He says, I want you to give you some admonitions. Titus, make sure they're sound in faith, sound in doctrine, sound in mind, sound in speech. And he said, and then, here's what I want you to do. Let's let them adorn the doctrine of God by how they walk. They walk in the Spirit. How they wait, looking for Jesus, the blessed hope. And how they work, busy, working like it all depended on them, trusting like it all depended on God. And you can make a difference. And it'll be profitable, and it'll be productive. Because I had a purpose for doing it. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed.